Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Come on, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're having church this morning. Amen. It's good to be in the room. Thank you, worship team. Come on, greatest shirt award goes to Andrew. So good. I heard, I heard Jessica made that. That's amazing. That is amazing. What a gift. Isn't it cool to sing some songs that God's given us? Isn't it cool? Isn't it cool? Me and Gabe think it's cool. It's awesome. Come on, anybody else? That's an old, it's an oldie but a goodie. It's just, just good. It, it's, uh, we're, we're recording March 20th. March 20th. It's not a performance, okay? It's not a performance. We're going to praise God and press record, all right? That's our, that's our mission statement. We're going to praise God and press record. I think it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, that was a... That was a five out of a five for me, but I, I, I have a scale of five, so it was so good, so good, so good, so good. It's good to be in church. It's good to be in the room. It's kind of our prophetic statement of coming through this last two years, amen, is get in the room, get in the room, text somebody, call somebody. We are the church together. Amen. Even if we put the greatest strategy and phone calling team and emailing team together, we are, we are the church. Reach out to people, love on people. We don't use fear. Amen. Well, if you don't come back to church, you, you could just fall away from God. Amen. Get any fear and manipulation out of your language. Get that prophetic sense of, hey, man, yeah, get in the room. Get in the room. Get in the room. Because where, where two or three are gathered and, and where, where, where praises go up, he said, I'm there. I'm there. Um, the man, he's everywhere, but we want the manifest presence of God. Amen? That's just the truth. And so we're going to end this series this morning. You ready? Yeah? I've been preaching all of this just to get to today. So I feel the weight. I feel a little, I feel a little intimidated, to be honest. Um, and Instagram and videos have, have changed church a little bit. Things do become a little more professional because the first time you see yourself praying, like I used to pray old school and just dirty and just like, ah, ah. and then you see yourself on the video and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, when you start preaching, you're just like, and then, and then, her, and you're like, bellies out, and you're like, in your chins, and you're like, ah, as a charismatic preacher. And you see yourself on video and you're like, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to get a little more. <laughs> that was ugly. That was, yeah, that was distracting. So I'm going to go a little old school and dirty this morning, if that's cool. Um, I just, I just feel, um, and some of that word feel, like, hold on, aren't we faith people, not feel people? Um, yes, we are faith people, but we are spirit, soul, and body. And Jesus felt the nails in his body. And um, we, he created us as emotional beings. And yes, he wants us to experience, enjoy, feel, whatever that word is. There's some Christian words we don't like to step out of. If you don't use the word experience through faith-minded, just get past some of the... Bringing, every generation rediscovers the gospel. 
Every generation rediscovers revival and, and some foundational truths. And trust me, God wants to fill this place and have you experience him, sense him, feel him, so much so that, that your spirit, soul, and body are overwhelmed. Amen? So that's the reality of it. Just deal with it. Amen. All right. So um, it's just good to be in church. It's just good. It's just good. We are experiencing um, revival. Back in the day, they used to, we used to count revival. Uh, if, if you were on the front page of Charisma Magazine, I don't know if some of you remember Charisma Magazine. I think it's still going. I love magazines still. Anybody love magazines and newspapers? I know, I'm just old school. I'm just like, I know, I love, I love the phone. I don't hate technology. Last week, I kind of knocked technology and said I wanted to be a farmer in the 1800s and, you know, only worry about Henry's horse and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I do love, I would like my refrigerator and my bed and some things, but um, I, uh, I love it all. I um, just love sometimes perusing through Costco magazine or a magazine, but it used to be like when something was on Charisma Magazine, I remember when our youth, our, uh, our youth conference made it, it, it was funny, a lot of people were like, oh, it's happening. You know, it's like, whoa, hold on, Christmas Magazine, because we're on Christmas Magazine, you're like, revival. You're like, you know, no, it, but that's sometimes we're like, when it's happening, God's moving in our church, amen? And so jump in. And my word to you is it's, it's, it's difficult coming through a season, but just because you leave quarantine or you leave COVID or you leave whatever, it does not mean you get to enter into the promised land. You have to possess it. This season, you have to possess it. You don't automatically, just because you leave Egypt, you just kind of like, that's what the children of Israel got confused about. They thought, well, once we left, we just get to walk in, right? That, that looked good on film. I just get to walk in. No, you don't get to walk in. You got to possess it. You have to possess it. And so I want to talk about faith today. And uh, I want our, God, I believe it's just going to upgrade our theology a little bit. Amen. And, and clarify some things. It's a simple word, but we're just going to impart it this morning. And uh, for the last time in a long time, John chapter 2. Amen. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love you. Thank you. You love me. So much love. So much Jesus. John chapter 2. He is calling us deeper into relationship with him. Amen. John chapter 2 verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. I'm reading out of the NLT. That's what we're cruising through this year. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, that was now wine. Someone say now now, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over and he says, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. Someone say now. now. Woo! There's our word. 
now. I want to preach this morning, the miracle is in the now. The miracle is in the now. This series is a first step, a tithe, a beginning, I believe, of uh, the rest of our lives, a season of miracles. Amen? I was a little frustrated because I wanted everyone to get healed and everyone to get saved. And I was wrestling with God. God, come in power. Come in power more than we've ever seen you. And God has healed and he has touched. But he's also speaking to me that he's teaching us how to sustain a revival. This revival, the day and age we live in, is not going to be 39 nights that mark our life, 212 nights of revival, that weekend of revival. I believe that God's going to build and impart something to our church that will last, I believe, generations. Amen? He's restoring his church. And so God has to teach us. Last week was the miracle in your mouth. Get hold of that. Send it to somebody. I hate to promote my preaching as if it's something good, but read something then if you didn't like it. Get something around the, the word. Get something around words that come out of your mouth because we have got to get that, that speech of the word back in our mouth. We've got to free the speech. When Jesus came, he didn't try to go after and cancel culture or silence the Jews. Every time the Jew, every time a Christian was like, hey, these people are talking crazy. Jesus and Paul all were kind of like, yeah, just let him just, just worry about you. Just worry about your voice and the word of God in you. It doesn't matter what the evil people are, crazy people. It matters those, the people who have the word of God, are they speaking up? In this season, God wants us to speak Speak up for truth. Thank goodness there's truth. Speak up for the word of God. And, and, and God is teaching us, you got to get out and preach the gospel. And then the signs will accompany, the power accompanies the preaching. Amen? Are you with me? I feel like I lost everybody on the free speech thing. It's like, hold on, did he get political? No, no, I just got biblical. That, that you don't need to silence your, 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 your friends. You don't need to silence that person in your marriage. You don't need to silence them. You need to use your words to speak. Use your words. Use your words. You'll notice an argument breaking down when you get frustrated or you attack them. Well, you're crazy. It's at that moment you've lost your argument. Get a better argument. God wants to show us how to reason with people. The Bible says, always be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do you have a reason for your saved? Or I don't know, it's just real. No, no, no. You got to know what you know so you can speak up wherever you go. Amen? I don't need to silence somebody. I need to unsilence myself when it comes to the word of God. Right, that's a whole other message. Anyways, all right. I lost everybody on that. Let's refocus on John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. From now, someone say now. now. From now on. From now on. On tomorrow is just another now. The miracle is in the now. Amen? Are you ready? Are you ready? said, are you? don't make me sing. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Let's pray. God, we thank you for church. We thank you that we're in the room. We thank you that people can watch this if they're in another room. Lord, ultimately, we thank you for what you're doing around the world. We also thank you for what you're doing in this church. It's special. It's home. We thank you that you are a God of home. You said you prepare mansions for us in heaven. Uh, that's awesome. You are a God of home. You are a God of family. 
And Father, we thank you for people that are coming in and coming home and a part of this family. We, we, we thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you so much. Just fill this place. Lord, just take over and let us be present. Teach us how to be present in this moment. Teach us how to be present in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was just a little, I was just a little boy. I think I was like seven or eight years old. And I remember I was sitting on uh, my couch we moved from California up here back and forth. I can tell you the whole story um, this afternoon at the Super Bowl party. Um, but we lived over here, I think somewhere off Fremont, 40-something, by the Sandy Jug. Anybody? In Portland, where you live, you can just highlight strip clubs, you know? You know, the Pink Kitty. I'm right around the corner. People from other cities are always like, what? Why do you landmark things by strip clubs? Anyways, um, so focus. I'm just, just focus. And so we lived over there, and I just remember being on the couch. My dad used to get migraine headaches, and uh, God's healed him ever since, amen. Um, but God, what am I talking about? So he had migraine headaches, and he used to put towels, like warm towels on his head. And it was this time, he, he got a little nose, he had a little sore in his, in his nose, too. He had some, a couple of things going on. He's a rough winner. And uh, so dad was kind of laid out. I think on the floor as, as much as I remember. And I just remember sitting on the couch and he said, would you come pinch my nose? And um, I remember like, okay. And I just remember getting up and it was like, you sure? And he's like, <clears throat> now my dad is not here. He'll be in second. I don't know what he really said. I, I don't even remember what he, it wasn't that. But it, it was something like maybe get something for my nose or something like that. So anyways, I, I, I was like, are you sure? So I went up and I, or I just went down and I just, I just gave that schnoz a honk, you know. I was like, well, you asked for it. And I, I gave and he's like, what? You know, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. You told me to pinch your nose. He's like, why would I ask that? I don't know, right? That's what I heard. But what does that have to do with anything? I, I think this is life. Bear with me. I, I think pinching noses is more of life than we want to admit it because I need things clear cut. I need to know who's to blame for this situation. But I really believe that so much of life is just like, hold on, what? I didn't, I, what, what, why would you say that? I didn't say that. Why would you hear that? I didn't hear that. So much of life is miscommunication, misunderstanding, a misappropriation of expectations, just confusion. And I want some clarity on, hold on. This is, do you need to be more clear next time? You have, cause next time's gonna happen, right? Right? That date with that migraine, with that cold sore, that's going to happen. I love that. Of course, next time, you know, this is never, it's not going to happen. The situation is never going to be. But what happens is our faith gets put into a situation. And so we think, well, you know what? Next time, my dad, when he has a headache and a cold sore and a hurting foot, he's going to speak up and enunciate more clear. And if I am going to clarify what I heard and our faith gets put in, you know what? Man, this is going to change. He's going to talk more clear, and I'm going to listen more clear. He's going to be a better dad. I'm going to be a better son, and life is going to change. But the problem is life is a bunch of honked and pinched noses. It doesn't make, it doesn't, it's just, it's, it doesn't make sense sometimes on why are we, you're trying, I'm trying, and it's not working. 
You're talking, I'm talking, and it's not working. Why is it not working? Because our faith is in the fact that the situation can change. When I'm here to upgrade your theology this morning and say, God is going to give us a faith to change the situation. Our faith is in the situation will change. And God said, I already died on the cross 2,000 years ago to give you my word. I've called you to change the situation. What does that say? That's a bad metaphor. I was like, you need to get a better story next time for this sermon. But what happens is it's just bigger pinches of bigger noses. Why would you do that? Why would you say that to me? Why would you treat me that way? Well, because I meant to say, but, but that's not what you said. No, I did say that. Some people fight decades of their life. I didn't say that. I barely remember that story. All of it might not even be true. I'm accountable because most of my stories have to do with people in this room, but I'm pretty sure it happened. Can you imagine litigating your kids? You raised them 30 years ago. No, I didn't. It's It's just, it's impossible. And so what happens is our hope, which is that the situation will change, which is hope. We think it's faith. And so this morning, I need to, we need to upgrade and say, no, 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 that's hope. And that's where things start. The situation's going to change. My family's going to change. But that needs to give way to faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you get your hopes up, it gives way to faith. So that's why when your hopes are like, well, I just hope we don't divorce. That doesn't give way to large, incredible, awesome faith. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my marriage. We're just trying not to get divorced. Yeah, well, let's get the hope up. You know, 100 days of peace. <laughs> Maybe Ecclesiastes, 365 days of awesome, blissful love. Well, that's a little bit crazy. <laughs> you don't know my wife. No, well, let's hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We get our hopes up, and that gives way to faith. And faith responds to the word of God that says, you know what? I'm done blaming. I'm done making excuses. God has called me now. Now, today, to change the atmosphere, to affect communication. Hey, I'm sorry, Dad. That was crazy. I can't even believe I did that. Hey, um, what, can, can, I, can, I, can I serve you? Can I love you? Switch the conversation around. Everyone around us is full of fear. Everyone around us is full of blame. And God's raising up his church in this moment to step in and say, we're not waiting for the next election. I'm not waiting for the next school board. I'm not waiting for my, for my neighbors to get more nice. I'm not waiting. I, I, I today am responding in my walk of faith to say, God is ready to move now. And my faith is ready to receive the fullness of the word of God. My hope is giving way to faith. It's a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. We're just a bunch of servants taking a word for a walk. That's it. That's it. We're just simply taking a word for a walk. All you need is the word. All you need is some word. All you need is an upgrade in, in, in understanding and receiving the word of God this morning. Amen, church? And all you got to do is take that word for a walk. Just walk out that word. Isaac, we get it. You've been preaching that for, I know, but this is a miniseries. Sometimes there's a recap. You know, you watch the last week's episode and you're like, oh, okay, that's right. And so I, that, that's all this is, is remember this is Christianity. It is a walk of faith. It is a walk of 
faith. From the first moment God spoke to you by the Holy Spirit and revealed that Jesus was real and you said, out of my heart, my mouth confesses that I am a sinner in need of grace. That was the first moment of faith. It needed some faith. You needed to take that word and walk in it. It had nothing to do with anything you did. It had everything to do with a response by faith. Someone say faith. That's why to all my agnostic friends, I'm sorry. God's not quiet. God's not dead. God is chatty Cathy. He's all over up in your business giving you the word of God. Why do I know that? He is the word. He's the word become flesh. You got to get bold with your family members that got a word, but they will not walk with it. They need to be surrounded by some loving, graceful, merciful Christians. We're all sinners. Tell them, walk with that word. Walk with that. All you got to do is respond to a God that's already spoken to you. I'm sorry, but from Billy Graham to Paul to every sinner and saint, we have all have to walk the walk of faith. This first miracle reveals the entirety of New Testament Christianity in the new miracle, the first miracle. It's a walk of faith. It's always going to be a walk of faith. What happens is our strengths mess with us. See, it's not your weakness that's your greatest enemy, it's your strength. Get all up in Corinthians this morning. I can't even talk. Get up in 1 Corinthians this morning. It, it, Paul, he, he, you know, my strength caused me to boast. You know what's really awesome are my weaknesses. <laughs> when's the last time you seriously boasted in your man? My life is sucked. Well, awesome. I mean, when's the last time you literally boasted? Well, Paul's like, you should boast. You know why? Because it's that that reveals the walk of faith. Your strength was gifted to you. Your mind was a gift. The problem is we think it was a walk of faith that gave us our ability, that gave us our charisma, that gave us our mind, that gave us our personality. And no, 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 no. That came down from the father of light. Sorry. But before you were ever birthed, God formed you and knew you and put a little bit of heaven in you. And it's our strength strength though that lies to us and steals well it's not working this isn't working it should be working no see you're confusing strengths and giftings with faith your gifting allows you there's a grace according to your gifting on your life to walk out the purposes of God but breaking news it takes faith it's not that it's not working it will work after you walk with the word walk that word walk it walk it in your marriage walk it get a word this morning and walk it. What is it? What's your word? What's your word? Is it confidence? Is it confidence in Christ? Is it I can do all things? What is it? What is it? Is it family restoration? Is it prayer? Is it finances? What is it? Is it business? Is it, what is it? What is it? Is it peace? Is it restful nights? Is it being a good dad? Is it communicate? What is it? What's your word? You have got to get your word and walk day in and day out and don't let any demon in hell, don't let any sin, don't let guilt stop you. Keep walking. Some of us have walked without a word some of us have had a word and not walked but I'm telling you I sense a season in our lives right now that we're gonna begin to walk with the word you've not had this much word and you've never had this much faith the devil is a liar I'm telling you if you walk with that word Jesus said I'm gonna do it I'm gonna work it I'm gonna work it it is faith Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, I'm giving you all kinds of homework. First Corinthians 12 and 13, and also first, first, uh, what am I talking about? Hebrews chapter 11. Sorry, I got like two hours of preach, I'm trying to get into 40 minutes. 
I will not extend this series in Jesus' name. <laughs> I got to get to the, I'm so excited about the next series. Woo! It's about the kingdom. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Woo! I got to get, life is short, so I can't just, you know what I'm saying? We got to get it all in, have this revival and get to heaven. Amen. By faith, by faith, Abraham, David, Jephthah, all of them, Ruth, by faith, these people, not gifting, not degree, not financial hookup, not pedigree, faith. All of that was given because God determined in his all-knowing sovereignty and righteousness that he would give you a mind that he gave you. He would give you what you got, but it's always faith. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms and ruled with justice and received what God had promised and they shut the mouth of lions. How? Faith. God did not look for the best architect to build the ark. He looked for faith. <laughs> he gave him a word. He said, no, build me an ark. Noah said, yes, sir, I'm on it. 80 years later. I mean, just, whoo. He didn't find someone who could pop out babies a lot. Abraham and Sarah, just a baby-making machine, just a love factory. No, they didn't have any babies. <laughs> they didn't have any babies. Faith. He called David. David was a shepherd boy. He said, I see a heart. So God gave him a word. He said, take a walk, young man. David received his word at 14 years old. Samuel anointed him. Oil. It was at that moment that David received the word that changed his life. David, you're going to rule your people. And at 14, he didn't wait around to see what would happen. He walked in his word. That's why he put his life on the line with the lions and the bears. Because that sheep was his kingdom. David had received a word. And now he was walking in it. He didn't wait to walk in it. The moment David at 14, whatever-ish, received his word, he, he didn't wait for a Palace. Palaces don't make kings. Pastures do when you walk in the word. He walked in it. And that's why he walked in it. And that's why he slung what he slung. And he walked in his word. And he walked into the tent. And he walked under the battlefield. And he just kept walking until God opened up the throne. It wasn't a palace. So many of us are waiting for our palaces. I got my word. I'm going to be king. God's going to anoint me. I'm going to be king. Just waiting for my palace. What? No, he'll give you your word and your pasture. No, say walk. 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 I'll work it. You walk it. That's, that's the Christian walk. It's a walk of faith. It's a beautiful walk of faith. Walk of faith. Walk of faith. Wow, you saved the best to last. It worked. Servants walk with the word. This first miracle is a picture of our Christianity. That's it. Whoo, scary. He gets to the master ceremony. The master ceremony says, wow, you saved the best until last. It worked. When did it change? I don't know. It wasn't my walk. It was the word. The word must have changed it. This is where we get confused. I have a hunch around step 13. And so we all have a little bit of, listen, you didn't hear it from me. Prayer and fasting's the key. You didn't hear it from me, but if you tithe, it's what the big guy really likes. But what happens is you take credit for when you think, when you think, the, the, the changed. And it goes, no, 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 no. You, know, you walk it, and the servant's like, if I'm to be dead honest, I don't know. I just kept walking. 
God gave me a word to go to church. I just kept going to church. God told me to keep praying. I just kept praying. When did it switch? God just told me to praise him. And I just kept praising him. God told me to start talking to my kids. I started talking to my kids. I don't know when it turned. I don't know when my kids turned. I don't know when my marriage turned. I don't know when everything turned. All I know is he gave me a word and I kept walking. I kept praying. I kept giving. I kept preaching. When did that boldness? I don't know. I just walked with a word. I just started figuring out that it's not five prayers or three prayers. It's I'm going to keep praying till I die or you get healed. I'm going to keep praying and keep walking and keep encouraging. I'm going to keep forgiving. Why? This is it. It's a walk with the word. Walk with it. Walk with it. Walk with the word. Walk with the word. I was like, we got it. I know, but that's it. Walk with that word. Because I was so frustrated. Do I pray for that person again? Right? Do I pray for their thing I prayed like six times. So, okay, I got six steps. Okay. Still water. Must have not been the Lord's plan. Walk. He's teaching us. You walk with the word. What's your word? And I'll work it. He'll work it out. He'll work it. He'll work it. He'll work it. He'll work it. It says they died in faith. Some of them not seeing the fullness of the promise. Why? Because we all die. And God's a God of generations. So what I start, my kids might finish. But it still worked. It's a walk of faith. Catch it. It's a walk of faith. He's my healer. I'm going to walk in it. I believe in healing. You know, a lot of us hear one way, one Jesus, one Lord. Sounds so exclusive. No, we can only focus on one thing. It's actually grace that we get to walk around and give people the one key to heaven, the one key to life. Could you imagine if we were a Netflix, a Netflix soap opera? You know how much bad advice those people? I don't know. You could call her. I don't know. You could wait for the third day. You could wait for the fourth day. I don't know. Some people do. You know, they text. And then some people do. You know, they, some, and then it's like some big long soap. Don't, aren't you glad that our Bible isn't one long soap opera of advice? It's like, yeah, there's one way to the Father's name is Jesus. Call upon his name and he will save you. I mean, it's kind of cool. Word. 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 The servants walked. They walked the water over. Sorry, I made a rookie mistake in worship, man. I was shouting unto God. <clears throat> I gotta be careful. So good, though. So good. Servant walks the water over, turns to wine. Master of the ceremonies calls over the bridegroom. Remember, this is the servant. We're just doing recap. Gives him the. And then master, the servant steps aside, and master of ceremonies calls over the, the bridegroom, and he says, You. You, young man, have kept the best wine until now. And the servant's over there like, okay. So I'm going to let go of who gets the credit. Letting go of justice. Letting go of fairness. Just let it go. It's funny, as pastors, we all take credit for our disciples. Well, Jared's my disciple. You're... We always take credit for the, like, the last connection that that person has, forgetting the pastors and the parents and the people that poured into them. But we just, we just want a little bit of credit. We just want a little bit of, you know, I just want to be seen, let go of peer pressure, let go of fear of man, let go. Just let it go. Let, let, let go of all, well, I'm trying a little bit harder than they are. Just, just let it go. It's unto him. I'm living for him. It's unto him, church. 
I can't create this moment, control this moment, or take credit for this moment. Just let it go. I'm not, I, I cannot create this moment. I can't control this moment. And I can't take credit. I just want connection. The truth of it is, is all of us just want connection. I just want to be at the wedding. I just want to be a part, but I cannot carry the weight of all of the stuff that is taking place. There's too much. Only God can handle the creative power that it takes to create restoration and revival. Amen. I cannot create it. I cannot control it. And I cannot take credit. And God said, you don't have to anyways. What you really want is you just want to be connected to the moment. You were created for connection. And that's really when we all get hurt anyways, is when we get disconnected. We don't feel like we've been connected to something. We've been disconnected. And so the walk of faith allows us to reconnect. Amen. The walk of faith allows us to connect, to connect to God, to connect to people, to connect with church, to connect with our kids. The walk of faith connects us because that's really what we want. We just want to feel connected to God. That's really what you want this morning is you just want to be connected to God. You want to be connected to your spouse. You want to be connected to your kids. That's really what you want. But what happens is we come in as God and go, oh, all right. Here's what sovereign dad's going to do. You're wrong. You're this. You're that. Deal with it. Let's move on. The problem is we're not robots and we're not, I'm not God and I'm really not, I can't, I can't create something that only God can create. I can't control people's hearts. Only God can turn water to wine. All he's asking me to do is to walk with the word, walk with the word. Walk in forgiveness, walk in humility, walk with clarity, walk with boldness, walk with it. Because the truth of it is, it's the walk of faith that will allow me to connect to God and connect to people. In that conversation, you know those late night conversations by the fire? You know those moments in church, those moments on dates, that, that, that moment is connection. That's that moment you sense connected to somebody. People give up everything to feel connected. God says, hey, the key is the walk of faith. Take a word, take a walk, and you'll, you'll get connected. You'll get connected. You'll get connected. The best for now. Master of Ceremonies proclaims, wow, you've saved the best for now. It's amazing in the world, it's the, the best that the flesh has to offer is in the beginning. The first first five seconds of of anything of the flesh is as good as it gets. Lust, gossip. The the moment you just indulge in that, baby, I hope you enjoy that that, that two seconds because that's the best it has to offer. And then it goes downhill fast to death. That's why sin is death. It's not immediate death. It just starts at the best. And then, so we look at scripture and we say, in the kingdom, the best is yet to come. Amen? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I'm here to upgrade our theology this morning because my Bible tells me, if you look specifically at the text, it says the best is now. The best is yet to come. To come is just another now. The Bible says tomorrow will take care of itself, but today is the day of salvation. The best, 
The best is now. Get ready. Get ready, get ready. Get ready. Can sense the faith in the now. Well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I've had too much fear, too much doubt, too much sin. I'm not ready. This is not the perfect moment. And then Jesus shows up and proclaims, hey, the best isn't back with David or Abraham or Moses or when the glory showed up in the tabernacle. Church, the best is now. God wants to upgrade our theology. Yeah, the best is yet to come. But in Christ, according to the word, when you're walking in faith, the best is now. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's not at the conference. That's another now. You don't need to be anywhere else except in the now. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's now. It's not the best. The best, the best that Jesus has to offer is now. Jesus said, meet me in the now. Jesus said, I want to meet in the now. Touch two people and say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Pull, Pull your faith and get it in the now. Get all of your praise and get it in the now. Get all of your sin. Get it. Got it. Get ready. Get it in the now. All your doubt, shame, and guilt. All of it. No, don't put it in tomorrow. Jesus said the best is now. The best. But see, it's so hard for us, isn't it? Super Bowl Sunday. Are we done? Are we wrap this thing up on time? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Time is important. But it's amazing that we bought into the best is only yet to come when situations are better and when I lose some weight and when the church, you know, and parking lot gets and my home gets and the, and the remodel gets and the money gets. And all of a sudden, God's like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to have revival. I'm going to teach you how to talk the word of God. And I'm going to teach you how to raise up young people and disciples in the church, not to put their faith in the mission trip this summer. When we get to the mission trip that summer on any given day, yes, his best is now. But right now, his best is now. But we've despised our present. That's why we're not good at being present. So much of our life is waiting for this moment to be over. And so we live in anticipation of tomorrow. And so when Jesus kickstarts his miracle mission, when he transforms the world, he says, my best is now. It's now. And if you can figure that out, You'll experience me like you've never experienced. You'll walk with me. But what happens is it takes things to happen in life and in meetings. Usually it's trials. Someone dies, you lose a business, you lose a loved one, and then you go to your knees. And you're just like, God, naturally. Or in a meeting, the song goes right. People start falling over. Dunk, dunk. Someone gets healed, 
And what do you do? It's happening. It's happening. And Jesus is like, it can always happen. Because my best is in the now. Jesus says, meet me. Meet me now. Get, your, get, get all your plans. Get all your doubt. Get all your, get all your insecurity. Gather them all up. Gather all your excuses. I'm not ready. God said, get ready. Jesus said, my best is in the now. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have some, I gotta have some restitution. No, get right now, right now. Get that, get that need. Get that, get that, get that offense. Get that, get that issue. Get that need. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Get it all. Get it all. Get take all of your faith. Take all. Get it out of the conference. Get it out of the book. Get it out of that person. And Jesus said, "Get it in the now. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. And get it in the now." Jesus said, "I want to meet you, Tony." right now right now right now right now right now I want to meet you right now take all of your faith take all of it take all of it and Jesus said get it in the now get it in the now from now on from now on I no longer despise my present I embrace it and see the moment we can get good at at stop running from the present moment We can stop running from things and be present. The reason you want to be present so bad is because you're horrible at it. And so we we do things to try to be present. You ever been in Hawaii on your last day and you're like... And I stress carry out because I'm trying to soak it in. Don't bother me. I'm taking mental pictures of the sunset. And you strive so hard to soak it in. And then the sun goes down and we're not talking at all. We're like, that was good. That was awesome. We soaked it. High five. All right. It's, what is it? Why is it so hard to be present? Because it's so hard to be present. (laughs) I can't even preach this message. The message to the church is it's, it's not Friday night. When the evangelist comes, that's awesome because that's a now moment. Jesus says, 1028 on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm in the now. Learn to meet me right now, 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 right now. I will meet you in the now. Remember that old candy now and later? I'll meet you later, but I want to meet you right now. I want to meet you right now. The children of Israel, they come up on the promised land and they see the grapes and they're like, yeah, I want that. I want that. Do you want what God has promised you? Yeah. It's bigger than you could ever imagine. He's sovereign. He's awesome. He's incredible. But there's some giants and the children of Israel said, we're not ready. We're not ready. This is the walk of faith. What did Joshua and Caleb say? They didn't, they, they, they said, let's go up now. <laughs> let's go up right now and possess the promises of God. Why? Because we serve a God of now. We serve a God of on the day of Pentecost. It says they were together in one accord. What that means is 
120 disciples, they were in the room together and they were praying together and they were bringing all their stuff. They were bringing all of their faith and they were bringing it to the room. They were in the room together, together. And the Holy Spirit fell on them. God is teaching us meet Jesus in the now get your doubt in the now get your faith in the now get your need in the now get your praise in the now the miracle is in the now get your worship in the now get your prayer now let's go up at once now now they were together in one accord that means they were all in all in all in all in together all in God we're here now we're here now we need you now save now heal now restore now break chains Don't worry about it. I lost all the Rams fans. It's now. The enemy, he'll let you do a vision board. He'll let you make plans. But he will fight you on getting present. He will fight you in a moment. He'll get you thinking about cheeseburgers. He'll get... You can even make good spiritual plans. I'm going to pray all week. If that pulls you from the now, what? Get now. It's now. It's right now. It's praise him. Lift him up. Wherever you're at, saying, God, give me your word. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I'm learning to be present. I'm learning now, now, now. There's miracles right now. If you need something, you want to come up here, come up. We're about to bust the roof off. The devil is a liar. You are about to walk in freedom. I'm telling you, there's freedom now. Faith now. Break every shame. Break every fear. 
Break it! Break it! Break it! summer revival while people are dying right now man I wish someone else could have preached this message because as a pastor in this church I could barely handle the weight to communicate it to say church we need about four hours but just catch it he's gracious just catch it Holy Spirit says, I'm going to teach you how to live now. If you deal with this, just put your hands up. We'll end with this. I'm going to teach you how to be present, says the Lord. I'm going to break off the pain of trauma that you ran from and the weight of guilt and the weight of shame and the weight of hurt and the weight of family discipline, the weight of culture, the weight of, of pain, the weight, the weight of death. I break it in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, now I give you life. I give you peace. I give you joy. Get present. Get present. Get present. Stop running. Stop running. Stop running. He's in the now. He's at the party. He's in the car. He's at church. He's in the morning. He's with the person. He's at your school. He's in the midnight hour. He says, meet me in the now. If you can meet me in the now, you'll get my best. You'll get the best. You'll get the best. The best is now. The best is now. Grace, now. Miracles, now. Forgiveness, now. Freedom, now. 
prophecy now. Destiny now. Faith now. Finances now. A plan now. Boldness now. Anointing now. Healing now. Now. time here we go declare it Jesus Christ Jesus Jesus Christ praise him praise him praise him praise him praise him praise him I gave you everything I had that's the easy part. That's the easy part. Now we leave this place. We were together in one accord. We let we We brought our faith, our guilt, our doubt, our lust, our crazy, and we brought it in the now. So we're going to leave with a lot of that stuff staying here. So when we encounter that crazy person this afternoon, that crazy Ram fan, we can love them. <laughs> we don't call them stupid. See, I'm learning to be in the now. So I'm sitting next to a Ram fan and I'm thinking, I got to get out of here. So is your dad a Ram fan? No? Well, that's silly then. Why are you a Ram fan? I can be now because I'm no longer running to a better moment. Why? His best? I'm telling you, man, God showed this to me. And I had to be careful because the best is yet to come. Our hero in the faith, man, Brian Houston, coined that phrase for the church to know. And I just sensed an upgrade and adding to yeah, the best is yet to come. That's kingdom. Absolutely, that's heaven. But walk of faith? It might go up on our wall. The best is now. Tonight, when you can't sleep, you get out of your bed and you say, my best is right now. If you got to drink some tea, do what you got to do. But your faith is that his best is now, if I could be there, fine. If the worship team can be there, fine. But your faith is not in a situation that'll change. That's your hope. And now hope gives way to faith. And faith is the walk of faith. And my Jesus is here with his best now. Someone shout now. Someone shout now. Shout it one last time now. Jesus' name. All right, let's walk in it. If you need some prayer, come on up. Come on up. We love you so much. If you need some prayer, if your walk of faith needs to be partnered with someone else, come on up here. We love you so much. We'll start a new series next week. Don't miss it. So excited. This is the beginning of miracles in our church. Thank you, Jesus. If you need some prayer, guys, come on up. We love you.